Hey, Kevin, before we start recording, like really quick. Congrats on the write-up, man. I mean, fucking congrats. So excited. I mean, it's like we should probably, my therapist tells me this all the time, but it's like, or my therapist used to say this all the time, but it's like we should put our goals in writing. Okay. So like short-term goals, long-term goals. That's a good idea. I feel like this is probably like a good time for us to. Yeah. I mean, we just kind of had a big success. Yeah. We should not reevaluate, but just kind of like take a step back, see how we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Give ourselves something to look forward to. Right. Um, I mean. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want a boat. I was going to say I want a jet. Mm. So those are good personal goals, I guess, for really each good of personal us. goals. And now, okay, here's the second thing. Yeah, I want to see what all the fuss is about cocaine, drugs. Okay, yeah. yeah, we could get into drugs because it's like, wow, people are probably going to start being like, hey, we saw the this week in comedy podcast article. Yeah, you want some drugs? Oh, people are just going to be offering us yeah. drugs. Yeah, yeah, that one I'm nervous about, mm-hmm. just because you don't want to drink that scissorp. I do. I'm just nervous that when I'm flying a jet mm. and if I'm a little cokey, I'll be a little kooky. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's. And I don't know how much jet insurance is. I imagine it's expensive. That really does resonate with me because that's something that you said since day one when we were friends. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, another goal that I want okay. is like, I want my shoes shined every single morning. Ooh, that would be really cool. Yeah. I would love a clean shoe. Mm hmm. Um, mine is now I'm going to pivot a little Yeah, Invisalign. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my teeth could be a little straighter mm. and, um, 2019, maybe going into 2020, I just have like killer teeth. Yeah. Like people just want to take a bite out of those teeth. <laughs> like they're just looking at it like, God damn. Like they're insecure about their teeth when they see me smile. Right. It's kind of, it's kind of a flex. Yeah. But it's a smile flex. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. almost the most condescending flex. Well, okay. I mean, in terms of other goals, like here's mm-hmm. some short-term goals. Uh, 60 weekly listeners. Okay, yes. That yeah. would be big for us. That would be huge for us. That's kind of the funny thing about Vulture is they don't know what they our listenership is. They don't know is. what our listenership is. And yeah. so tripling it would be big. Yeah. I'd like a haircut. Hello. Hey. Welcome to Maybe Don't, a variety show with an opening segment and a closing segment. I'm one of the hosts, Kevin. I'm your other host, Isan. How you doing, bud? Oh boy, my stomach hurts. Oh no! <laughs> I um, I went out drinking last night. This is unusual for you. Yeah, it was crazy. I drank soju. Yeah. And it was very good. It was peach soju, mm-hmm. but now I feel horrible. My first birthday in LA, I drank uh, soju. Yeah, how was it? So 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 good. Um, no, it was when I was a. Uh, Teaching at a private Korean school. Wow. Yeah, and I didn't, oh my God. And I didn't know anyone. And Kevin so, Opa. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say I, I couldn't speak anything. Uh, um, see, but they were, they all took me out for my birthday. It was, and we drank soju. It was so That's fun. That's awesome. So fun. Um, Kevin, I have an idea. Wait, tell me about the drinks, unless you want to, don't want to talk about it. Oh, I mean, the drinks was fine. It was just like, you know, I felt young. Um, yeah. But, but then like immediately like old after like three shots in and I was like, I feel like I'm dying. Shots are very hard. But soju, the alcohol content is like, it's like you're drinking a beer. Yes. You know? Yep. That's what I was going to say. So it wasn't even that like crazy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, but what was really funny is that, um, uh, you know, that song, Everybody in the Club? Everybody in the club getting tips. That was By that was Kling- me. Clingy is that no? His name's not Clingy. Chingy, right? That sounds <laughs> I can't weird. Too. Let me look it up. Um, Chingy, what is he? Uh, just got hired at SNL. <laughs> Topical. Um, I, I like that. Uh, but that was us. I was everybody in the club because I was getting tipsy. 
And you, have, you did not react how I wanted I'm, you to. I'm trying to look at tipsy. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. I was being incredibly needy. Um, tipsy song. Wait, Kevin, I have an opening segment. Jay Kwan. Where did Jay I get Kwan? Clingy. Jeez. I think I'm thinking of a different rapper. Are you just thinking of adjectives that you would use to describe me? Myself. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> we self-deprecated each other. Um, Kevin, I have an opening segment. Please. Okay. It's, ugh, we get it. You have a podcast. I just wanted to talk about some of the good things that have happened. Yeah. Okay, we got a review. We did. That was big for us. Yeah, we got a review in Vulture, the This Week in Comedy podcast. Yeah, that was very nice of them, and mm-hmm. obviously they're listening, and we tell you thank you. Thank you. Kevin, I have a joke. <laughs> I love this. And, okay, it's Sorry, this isn't the episode without jokes oh, anymore. We're back. We're, we're back, and we're funnier <laughs> than ever. Um, First comment when we do that episode, I actually like the bits. <laughs> We can't please everyone. We got a big audience now. That's I know, what we're I know. We really made it big. Mm-hmm. Um, our podcast was had a review right above Mark Marin's. Isn't that wild? And right below Andy Daly. Yeah, but we're next to Mark Marin. Talk about WTF. Uh, that was my joke. Yes, <laughs> it, that is the structure of a joke. <laughs> Um, but that was oh, a really nice man. review. And thank you very much. Thank you. Um, and while I was on tour, so many people said nice things. Danny and Jess in DC, thank you so much for oh, saying hi. Oh, you got hi. their names? Oh, that's way better than what I did. Uh, and uh, I mean, oh, you're going to, uh, uh, good timing because I forgot this person's name, but they he brought me a Chef Apron, a Chef Kevin apron to sign. What? Yeah. So it was an was apron. Was my with- signature on it? No. <laughs> okay. This feels like I'm getting cucked or something. <laughs> I fucked an apron while (laughs) while you watched. Um, So for those of you who don't know, Kevin goes by Chef Kevin on some podcasts. That's right. And you have an apron available for purchase. Mm -hmm. And so someone brought me an apron with your face on it, said Chef Kevin, and asked me to sign it. Nice. And I signed it maybe apron. Ooh, I like that. Um, That's funnier than your WTF joke. But, But that's a compliment. I've been excited for like two days wanting to tell you that WTF joke. Oh, really? Yeah. That's now. I've, now I feel bad. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, and then Renee in Boston, thank you so much for saying kind things oh, about man. the show. And to everyone who said kind things to me, sorry I didn't write your name. No, now. there were there were there were so many other people who said nice things that I just um, I did not have the time afterwards to write down a, a name. So I feel very bad for that. But thank yeah. you so much, Kevin. What was your tour experience like? It's getting tiring, and I just yeah. signed up for two more legs. Oh. We're going to be doing. Um, Seattle, Portland, Vancouver. Oh my God! And Philly, New York, DC. We we did those East Coast cities. Yes. Yeah. How were they? It was. Fine. I listened to um the first two that came yeah, out yeah. right the- DC and Philly? Philly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and so like those were fun. It was just like so waking up at eight a.m. Mm-hmm. or like even ten a.m. to get on a train at eleven, mm-hmm. but having your second show that night start at ten thirty. So your days effectively it started at ten thirty. Yeah. So there's some days Whoa. where we would do two shows in one night, which yes. is oh my god. One show would start at eight p.m. and then the second one would start at ten thirty. And so the ten thirty oh show god. would wrap up like twelve thirty a.m. Yeah. and then we'd be out of the venue by one thirty, and then we'd have to socialize. And, Sorry. Yeah, because you have energy. Like yeah. you're you're riding that adrenaline rush. And so there's all those people going, you suck, you suck, you suck. <laughs> Um, cucking me with other people's podcast merch, uh-huh, throwing aprons at you. <laughs> um, but I, so like some of the days weren't even like I didn't even think about things in days. I was just saying to Emma, our my friend and audio engineer, yeah, oh, it was like, hey, in sixteen hours, this day will be over. 
Yes. That's how some morning started. And it was just oh like my God. a fucking sobering <laughs> realization. What a sad way to start the day. Or yeah. like to tell someone. Was Emma like, stop saying that? Yeah, exactly that. It's not helping. Um, okay, so I texted you asking what happened with one of the venues. And you said, we'll save it for the pod. Oh, Just okay. so you know, listeners, me and Yusong's relationship now is, dude, what's a ha- X or Y? You know, what happened with this? And then we'll respond, save it for the pod. Yeah, we don't talk Which anymore. It's kind of juicy, but yeah. Yeah. It makes uh, things difficult. So you, is the Gramercy, Gramercy New York? Yeah. Okay. Um. Wait, I had a joke. It's when you were saying, it's when you were saying we're another leg of the tour, it's getting tiring. Yeah. It's like a, a move over tour to France. It's like a tour de podcast. Ooh, Sean and Hayes had a different joke. Oh, about, really? About legs of tours. Oh, okay. Um, and yours was different. <laughs> Oh, a lot of people ask me, hey, when are you guys going to do Hollywood Handbook? Ooh, (laughs) maybe one day. Maybe one day. Uh, They did, Sean and Hayes did say, we'll have you and you song on the free feed. (laughs) I'm scared. I think a pro version would be safer for us. Okay, I agree. Bulletproof Uh, vest, sort of. Yeah, behind that bulletproof paywall. Um, I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, it's okay. I I interrupted with a joke. Yes. Um, uh, Gramercy. Gramercy. And so if I say this, we have to... Except the fact that we will never be invited to the Gramercy Theater. You and I? Yeah. Okay. Okay. How big was it? 650. I might edit it out. Okay, that'd be, okay. That'd be pretty yeah, big yeah, for yeah. us. So this was fucked up. So this is just like, I mean, I'm probably not supposed to say a lot of this. Okay. Can you give us context for those who don't know? So you song I, went on the Doughboys tour. I, I'm the podcast producer for the Doughboys podcast. We went on tour and we went to DC, Philly, New York, and Boston. At the New York shows, we performed at the Gramercy Theater. Now, as an overarching statement, yeah, if one were to envision a cartoonish New York, say people walking down the street being like, hey, I'm walking over here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to extrapolate that kind of hospitality, you would have a very accurate under- like idea of what happened here. Okay. Um, did that help? Yeah. You song for those for a shorter version, he said stereotypes are based off of some truth. It's kind of messed up. Um I'm right. I don't for su- SNL. I don't support that. Now you song's writing for SNL. Um they fire that guy and hire you. Oh, I would love that. Um so there was a hostile like yeah. energy environment. So they said that we couldn't ship our merch there, but as soon as we entered, we saw a box, I won't say who. Of another artist's merch there. Okay. Which was like, oh, you're either receiving it or shipping it out. Yeah. Which you said that you wouldn't do for us. And it, don't get me wrong. It's like, sure, maybe there's an audience number discrepancy, but it's the same sold out sticker on both of our shows. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So like- Whoa, may- you guys sold out the Gramercy? Yeah, yeah, Fuck, yeah. Fuck, man, that's awesome. It was, it was, really, it was really cool. Um, thank you. I, I don't know how, how to fucking- I, Oh, it's no, so cool. No, like, it is cool. Yeah. But anyway- uh, and then, but anyway, fuck this. Place. Yeah, fuck this place. So it was hurricaning, right? Because yes. Um, so it, it wasn't obviously we were very far from it, but it was raining really, really heavily, mm-hmm. like forty dollar lift rides. Ooh. So like, we ran through the city. We made it to the venue after like grabbing a quick meal, and this is just Emma and I. And they wouldn't let us stand in the lobby without security, and their security staff wasn't there. They they wouldn't let you stand in the lobby. Yeah. Oh, cause the show because the doors weren't open because it was just like we were maybe like uh 30 minutes to an hour early to our tech rehearsal and they wouldn't let us stand in the lobby because there was no security present but you're not the talent i agree with you i'm just like i don't understand 
I'm trying to think of why they wouldn't let you in. As in, like, hey, we need security to like search your stuff and do like oh, a pat down. Oh, okay. And, like, there's no security here. Ergo, they didn't say ergo. Ergo, yes. you can't stand in the lobby. You have to go outside into the rain. That's insane. Yeah. Also, like, you could just leave your stuff and be inside. Like, it's not like you're like, I have all this bags of stuff and I'm going to go roaming the grammar scene. Yeah, fuck, Like, dude. hey, I'm here because I have a show tonight. It's it, pouring outside. I understand you don't have security. I promise, let me just stay here indoors. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, this, I think what I'm saying is okay because it was a really fucked up experience and like, whatever. But sure, I mean, Mitch tweeted about it. Yeah, it, yeah. it was just like, uh, fuck, really terrible experience. Yeah. Everywhere else, super nice, yeah. super hospitable. Very much, hey, I'm walking over here, energy. Yeah, I say to you and to the listener, mm-hmm. you're, you're not talent, question mark, because often when talent arrives to a venue, mm-hmm. so they're immediately greeted by security to mm-hmm. like make sure that everything is all smooth. So I was curious why they wouldn't let you in. But like you're saying, there was no security. So then you just waited in the rain. Did they like apologize after? No. Or Wow. Yeah. Did, and I don't know if you're allowed to say this because the episode hasn't come out yet. Right. Does it get addressed in the episode? No, because Emma and I waited until after the show to tell everyone. That's very professional of Thank you. Thank you. I like that. But deep down. I would have been like, Sean, yeah. <laughs> They made me wait outside. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted sure, to so badly. And sure. I, if Emma hadn't been there, I would have said something. Yeah. She was She was like way more professional than I was. She I was rolls. fuming. That's so shitty. Yeah, it was really shitty. But the rest of the tour was great. The people were nice. So what was the order? Not We're getting in the weeds here. Um, DC first, then Philly, then mm-hmm, New York, then Boston. then Boston. Yeah. And did you do two shows at each? Two shows at each place. Some. Wow. Yeah, so some over the course. So DC and Boston, those are two days, one show per day. The middle shows, New York and Philly, two shows a night, which was insane. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no. Not That's a, tough, yeah. man. So I'm all we, tuckered out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just had that with just one show a night. Right. With Bang Bang, it was exhausting and then getting up and then flying. and Because the premise of Bang Bang does not involve fast food. Yeah. What do you eat? That's tough. I actually lose, I lose weight on tour. Wow. Yeah. Holy Be- shit. For two reasons. There are not a lot of... Easy, accessible vegan options. Right. And I'm busy. And like yourself, yeah. like it's like we land, I'm at the hotel for an hour, basically enough to like shower and kind of get ready for the show. Right. And then also like yourself, I get to the venue very early. Yeah. Um, and then I'm there till the rest of the night. Right. So I'm trying to find a window where maybe I can eat before I go to the show. Yeah. Or it's like I'm eating at one in the morning. Now, exactly. I'm kind of an oddball in that I can function with one meal a day mm-hmm. when needed. Like, for example, I haven't eaten anything today. I just had some, like, potato chips before oh you got God. here. Yeah. And, like, I don't feel crazy. Right. So that works well for the tour for I me. Mean, Kevin, your nose is bleeding. Well, that's something else. Okay, yeah. But with the tour, I'm able to, like, if I had to eat three meals a day, I would be very difficult. Well, it would mm. just require more prep. Where I can just be like, all right, it's 9 p.m. It's time for lunch, basically. Right, right. But I think I'm running on like adrenaline, Mm -hmm. and that can kind of replace, unfortunately, a meal for me for several hours. What was your question? Um, (laughs) What do I eat? (laughs) Yeah, a lot. Uh, That's crazy. But we're both back. We are. Did you have positive experiences with people? I think I had almost exclusively 
positive experiences. I'm trying to think of anything mm-hmm. that went poorly. It's kind of a blur. There are just so many people when buying merch were like huge fan of Maybe Don't. Yeah, which was really thank cool. you so much. Yeah, really appreciated that. How did you respond to that? Buy something or leave. But yeah, the shows the shows all went great, mm-hmm. and I'm you know nervous about doing two more right three city legs. Um, it's exhausting. Yeah. And but it's really fun. Are are you guys all done? Are there more tour dates? Is that um, to be determined? We're done for now. Yeah. As in like Take for the bo- next few months. Sure. Yeah. Get some rest. Um, oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I will say. So, um, Kevin, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a fan of K-pop. I do know this about you. Mm-hmm. And so there's this thing where if there's a like very very frequently. Uh, K-pop artists will say on shows uh, like, hey, thank you so much for the support. I will work harder and like I will work hard to continue to make things that you enjoy. And that's just like a really nice sentiment that people like, I don't think that exists, you know? Yeah. Like Jimmy Kimmel isn't waiting on the musical artist afterwards to say something like that. It's just like, buy the new album, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And so I was saying that to people and it's a very, I think it's a very appropriate thing Ooh, to say. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, You're yeah, like yeah. kind of making a promise with them. Like, because yeah. you're appreciating this, I'm right. going to keep it up. I'm going to work hard to make sure that, you know, you keep enjoying the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, the Vulture thing definitely too motivated me to be like, mm-hmm. all right, we got to keep this going. Yeah. You know? No uh, shitty episodes. <laughs> hey, I'm. Uh, listen, I've I've heard all your interviews, and um, I just wanted to say that I really like what you do. Oh, thank you so much. Um, but based on your interviews, it sounds like y- you know, it just it sounds like you have a lot of like issues with like affection in your mom. Like you probably didn't receive enough from <sighs> from her when you were younger, and so. That's just something that I've noticed while listening to you. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we're still figuring out our our uh, relationship. Uh, did you want this in a large or a double X? We're actually out of large. Oh, look, I understand that you're stressed right now, but it's okay. Okay, yeah, there's just a lot of people in line behind you. Oh, oh I didn't really see them. Um, Hey. You cut them, yeah. I Well, here's the thing, and, you know, I understand because you're stressed right now, but I was expecting after what I told you for you to say thank you. I don't really know if that's like a compliment. Well, it's no. It's kind of like an unwarranted observation. But it's like, I hope you you probably didn't know that, and now you know that. Yeah. It doesn't make you re-examine things differently? Like, are you going to call your mom and be like, it's okay? Uh, No. Um, I mean, I'll think about this. I don't know if I'll be appreciative when I'm thinking about it. We also have these water bottles. They're $22. And it sounded like you were really attracted to your middle school teachers. It just sounded like, and I know that it's not something that you're talking about, but just like based on like the type of humor that you make, it just sounds like something that, you know, you should probably re-examine that with a therapist. I mean, I'm not a therapist, but whatever. I mean, I think they were kind of charming in their own way. Mm. Maybe I was more attracted to them as I got older and like reflected on it, but I don't think I was. God damn it. Um, it sounds like also like you probably like you know tortured animals as a young child. I, that I can objectively tell you is not true. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, it sounds like you you probably objectively like. I mean, you tortured animals when you were younger. You probably does whispering and make it more real. No, it's just like you probably can't admit it with all these people around. I just wanted to like. Oh. I just wanted to let you know that like other people like me like we know. You're welcome. Whatever. God dang. Can we talk over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry, can you fill in for me? Oh, uh, yeah. Thanks, Perry.
I've never intentionally hurt an animal. Barry sounds like he wants he wants to fuck his mom. Okay, I don't know what other podcast you're listening to, but don't worry about Barry. Okay. When people say you actually kill animals if you're driving a car, because sometimes flies mm-hmm. will be on your in your your front part of your car. I don't know about cars. <laughs> Your front fender. That's actually something that I didn't notice about you, but now I do notice. You don't know a lot about You're cars. Taking a lot of notes, mm-hmm. I see. And this one just says Kevin on the top of it. It's a full notebook. And like driving over bugs. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I guess you don't realize that you're driving over ants, but to call me an animal killer feels yeah. unjustified. Well, and I you... have noticed your tweets. Well, oh, thank you. I did mute you. You are I just welcome. I want you to know. And I didn't want to give you the satisfaction of blocking you. And it's a I've free service it. I provide for you. Yes, I am not charging you to publicly criticize me. Well, do you remember that bit that you did where you were reading your grocery list? Yeah, yes, and I do. And you remember. was playing piano? Yeah, it was the first episode. You definitely tortured animals. It's oh. just like your type of humor is just like, I can tell. Like when I read a list, you yeah. think like this dude killed. When I read a list of a vegan uh, yeah. grocery list, a you projection. Think this, this dude kills. Yeah. And not kills in the way that he thinks he kills. Right. Not kills on stage. The, yes. Yeah. Kills in the way of like hurting mm-hmm. animals. Yep. So what's your name? Uh, Barry. Whoa. Chingy sang right thur. Um, Kevin. Hi. When I was in Boston. Cool. I love seeing you as a an adventurous man. <laughs> going through this country. You're like Stein, Steinbeck. When I was in Boston and discovered my first pubic hair. Uh, oh. Sorry, oh, I've ruined it. Um, when I was in Boston... <laughs> Sorry, mom. Um, and Kevin's mom, more That's likely. Cool. She, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, when I was in Boston, mm-hmm. I met up with some friends who, who I used to do comedy with in college. Did they come to the show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And while we were having dinner before the first show, I almost, I had tears in my eyes because I missed them so much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and to my friends in Chicago who said, why didn't you tell me you were in Chicago? I would have come to the show. Sorry. Uh, keep going. Um, it was just like, this is the only time when we record Maybe Don't. Uh, you might as well call it Maybe Catharsis because it's the only time I get to, like, quote unquote, perform, you know, and do comedy and do bits with people. You? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you do it for Doughboys, but kind I'll of. take all the credit for, <laughs> for your performance, uh, catharticism. So, uh, catharticism? Yeah. Um, Catholicism? Uh, Holy crap. <laughs> Check the bingo card. Um, I wanted to ask you. Okay. Are there any friends, and you don't have to name names, but just friends or experiences that you miss a lot? Yeah, I mean, I definitely miss my best friend who I, I see like- Kevin, I'm right tw- here. Twice, yes. And, oh, sorry, my second best friend. Thank you. Who I see like twice a year. Mm-hmm. But he's so, what I miss about him is he is so goofy and childlike. Uh, uh what? I don't satisfy that for you. You do. God damn it, you song. <laughs> you sound like my favorite rapper, Clingy. <laughs> <laughs> he just is so hysterical in a way that- He's a person who you're just, 
I'm constantly laughing. Yeah. Because everything I say, he tries to turn it into a joke. It doesn't always land. <laughs> but now it's to the point where he knows it won't always land. So he still says it just to say it. Wait, Kevin, I was making a bit it's earlier. It's not a good compliment to this guy. <laughs> Wait. He's my best friend. His jokes don't always land. And that's what I like about him. It's a poor description of him. Um, You're doing a bit earlier. I was doing a bit earlier, but, and I'm not trying to be needy, nor do I actually like. I don't think care you. about the rankings that you have of friends. You saw. I didn't. I didn't think you did either. Okay, but please put me as number one. You and can be number one. Jesus Christ. And the show is exhausting. But that kind of sounds like me, right? Oh my god. Wait, no, I'm uh, Yes, you are kind of like this guy. Now I feel You're very goofy. As I was saying it's kind. Sound, as I was saying it sounds like me. I was like this is you being too Another thing I like about him uh-huh. is and I think you are kind of like this too. Do you have any friends that are and this is not who he is. Right. Do, you, do you have any friends that are just unconditionally supportive of you or, or I should say like bi- biasly supportive of you mm. where I could present a story to you of like, hey, man, I got hit by a car this week. Oh, my God, what happened? Well, I put a handkerchief over my eyes, and then I ran out, and then I got hit. And your friend would be like, oh, dude, fuck that car. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Where he is 99% of the time, like, there for me, but also that 1% of, like, that was kind of on you, though, right? Like, you shouldn't have put the handkerchief over your eyes. Because I think it's harder to be honest with someone when they're doing something wrong. Um, and I think some people jump at that opportunity mm-hmm. to tell someone when they're doing something wrong. And what I like about him is he's so kind. And when I ask him for advice, he will say, like, I don't know if I would do that if I were you. Right. And that's appreciated because I think it's easy to just be like, no. What you're doing is right. Just keep doing you, you know? I think that ability to tell people, like, to tell people, hey, I would, you know, maybe differ, but in, like, a uh, in like a very supportive tone. Yes. That's very rare, It's I an think. art form. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's hard yeah, yeah. to do. Um, and so I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think the problem with myself and is, like, I'm too sensitive. So the friends that I have probably know me to the point where they're like, if I suggest that he doesn't put a handkerchief over his eyes, he's going to take it really personally. Yeah. So I'm trying to work on that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think you take, I, I don't criticize you, but like, I feel like I've had conversations with you where I'm like, I agree, but what about this way? That's true. Um, It's so- like a yes and different direction. Right. You know what I mean? Isn't it funny how life is like improv? <laughs> We should write a book about it. Could you imagine if we wrote a book about comedy? It Ugh. would be so short. <laughs> Just page one. Try your best. Do you have any friends or, I mean, that whole experience was mm-hmm. that. What, I, what specifically about it were you missing? I was like. Were they like, is he crying? <laughs> I I missed being, I missed doing comedy. Yeah. Um, Which might sound crazy considering uh, where we both work because we literally work in that environment. But it's totally different. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that my friend, uh, Colin, he had some really good advice, which is just like, This hey. is my boss for those who know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, whenever I see Colin, I cry. Yeah. Um, he cries too. Yeah. It's really beautiful. But I think it's because you're crying and mm. he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> so your friend Colin. He was like, he had some really good advice. He was like, 
the best thing that you can do for yourself is find a theater that will let you have half an hour or an hour. Yeah. Get that mm -hmm. and then figure out a show because now you have a deadline. You have something to work for. Ooh. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, dude, that's such great advice. Yeah. Dream scenario. Yeah. A theater in LA gives you a half an hour right. in a month. Yeah. What are you doing? I think I would either ask my friends, hey, Kevin, would you want to maybe do a sketch show? Yeah. Or I say, I'm busy. Thanks for the offer. Just I kidding. I would do it. I cry a little. Uh huh. I cry too because I don't know what to do. It's I'm beautiful. uncomfortable. I'm learning from Colin. <laughs> and then probably stand up if I was really, really isolated. Sketch and stand up? Or, or sketch with friends and stand up by yourself? Yeah. Or like some sort of storytelling or something like that, you know? Yeah. Which is just like, you know, stand up without the, with the safety net. <laughs> <laughs> These are funny stories. It's not stand up. There's a difference. That way I don't feel bad when you guys don't laugh because it's actually a story. Kevin, mm -hmm. can I tell you something? Yeah, you don't have to ask me. You can just okay. tell me. This might make you uncomfortable. I've listened to all of our episodes twice now at night with no clothes on. No. Um, <laughs> I listened to all of our episodes twice now. Okay. I think you're way funnier than you give yourself credit for and that and like like people give you credit for. I thought you were going to say funnier than you. Oh, I mean like that. Like I think you're way funnier. Than you give yourself credit for. <laughs> no, I didn't mean like. No, I'm just kidding. I hope that didn't come out in a shitty way. I just mean like so many times. It's like even when listening back to it, I, I laugh out loud because of the things that you do. Thank you. I yeah. laugh a lot at what you do as well. Thank you. I, as the person who edits it, I listen. And you give, for the listener, Yusan gives very helpful notes too. Mm -hmm. it's a Sometimes. 53. Recently, I mean, it's just a new thing we've been doing and it's been super helpful. Yeah. Um, But you crack my shit up too. Thank you. Well, we've held our hands for the last half hour. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wipe away my tears. I'm going to high five your, myself and then you. Okay, ready? We'll be back. <laughs> you song. Kevin. We've received questions mm -hmm. from thy listeners and we are going to try to answer them okay let's do it do you want to play some tasty tunes under it let's play some tasty tunes um what's the what what kind of uh if you had to describe the music with adjectives how would you describe it uh well looking at the questions i would say sarcastic okay oh no Okay, this question comes from Slothborn okay. at Slugnacious. That's kind of cool. I have a five-month-old daughter, and I thought, who better to give me advice on raising a newborn baby and balancing fatherhood with my career than Kevin and Song? Any wise words, gentlemen? Oh, boy. There was this Reddit thread the other day that was like seven signs or seven behaviors in households that leads to like more mentally healthy adults and some of them were like uh talking about how you're feeling feeling protected by an adult in your home um not having kids <laughs> not having kids um support by other adults that's not your parents like teachers um and that's one that you can't control but it's like you know you could go back to school yeah get teachers in your life but anyway if you google because i was looking for um today if you google reddit seven parents because um, that's what I searched. You can find that article. That's what I would point to for advice. Okay, so Yusong says Reddit. Um, for me, I would say balancing... Um, let's see, balance. 
guess no. <laughs> what are the podcasts Y and K are currently listening to? In other words, what is currently in their rotation? This comes wow. from at the Musical Man Pod. Thanks, mm. guys. I know you're big supporters of the show. Can I tell you the truth? I think I know what it is. Can I guess your truth? Yeah. You don't have time to listen to stuff because you're working so much. Oh, the shit. The first this part's gonna be true. Awkward if, okay. Yeah, and then the second part's not because I'm just dicking around all the time. That's not true. <laughs> what are you listening? I know you, um, you, you, you've been listening to audiobooks. Have you listened to anything good recently? Ooh, great question. Let's pull up the old app. Um, while I'm looking that up, I will tell you I... I am obsessed with the Action Boys. I've oh told you about. yeah, I think it's one of the funniest podcasts in the whole world. That's with John Gabrus, Ryan Stanger, and Ben Rogers. If you don't know, I'm currently listening to Three Women by Lisa Taddeo. I believe that's how it's pronounced. I'm currently listening to Three Women. It's uh, my mom and my sister and my grandma. It's Thanksgiving. So yeah, you songs at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks, musical men. And what you, we didn't even get to your answer. I interrupted oh, so I hard. haven't been listening to anything, which okay. is really sad. So I was right. When did you realize? I, here's what I do I'm already noticing my mistakes. I get three words into the question and realize I'm not attributing the question. And every time <laughs> I start, I say, Do I try to pivot their name in? We're off to a good start. This is from at Keith K. When did you realize you'd benefit from and or otherwise check out seeking therapy? I think it's great personally, minus the therapists you know guys. Uh, sorry, minus the therapists who know guys who kill guys for money. I agree. Um, I have a sad answer to this question, oh. so you can go. Okay. Um, when did I know that? Oh, it's because it was so fucking sad. It was like mm -hmm. immovably sad in college. And I was like, this is not normal because the thoughts that I was having was like really, really bad. That's basically my answer as well yeah. is I basically waited until it was the worst I've ever felt in my whole life. And I feel like unfortunately that is a common way for yeah. people to decide, oh, I hate everything including myself now i should see a therapist whereas it would be much better if i saw one when i was feeling five percent of that yeah or if i was feeling just fine and thought why not see a therapist yeah when you say the worst that you've ever felt how does that compare to how you feel after recording maybe you don't um neighbors <laughs> How often do you step out of your... This question comes from at JVC Megabase. How often do you step out of your comfort zone? And do you ever do it subconsciously? Hmm. I would say every time I'm on Hollywood Handbook. <laughs> um, but in the real world, for me, it's confrontation. Confrontation may not be the right word, but... Having to tell, this is how pathetic I am, telling like a waiter that they got my order right. wrong. That's oh, out of my Dude, that happened zone. to me today and I didn't correct them. Oh no. I yeah. feel like I've done stuff like that too. With what, the coffee? No, it was, um, also I dropped another coffee before this today. It was really sad. It was, Sorry. I ordered a, a fried rice that had cheese on it and mm -hmm. I was like, no cheese, please. Um, and then they gave me cheese. And you ate it and threw up and dropped the coffee? Yeah. Dude, are you serious? Yeah. You ate it? Yeah. It wasn't that much cheese. I kind of ate around the cheese. Yeah. 
That's not good. You, you should have done something. You should have said like, please don't yeah, give me this. That's a lesson learned. Sorry, man. That sucks. Yeah, with waiters, with podcasts, any other times where you feel like you're... Oh, stepping out of my comfort zone? Yeah. Um. So this is something that I've noticed. When I was on tour, I would often... Jokes would come to my mind. And I would not say them out loud because I was just too nervous. And then by the time that you have all those thoughts, the moment's passed, you know? Yeah, 100%. Can I tell you some of the awesome jokes that I said? Was that... So you being out of your comfort zone is not telling a joke. And so you bottled them all oh, up no, no, and no, now no, you're no, going to no. tell me... <laughs> That's kind of what it sounds like. <laughs> this is subjecting you to torture, but no, no, no. It's like um, I want to step out of my comfort zone in that more. Just be more confident with the thoughts that and I have. And say the joke, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So these are some jokes that I actually said. So we reviewed 90, <laughs> <laughs> we reviewed 99 Restaurant um, for one of the Doughboys shows. What city is that? Uh, Boston. Okay. And then um, backstage, uh, people were saying, maybe we should go to the original one. And I said, was it just called One Restaurant then? Ooh. It's pretty good. How, what was the reaction? Polite laughter. <laughs> yeah. Um, other ones. So there was this restaurant where they served cannolis on on a taco holder. Wow. Yeah. So it's like I don't know if you know, like it's just like it's like a W, right? It's sure. like a W taco holder. Oh my god. And I said www.cannoli.com. <laughs> Interesting. the The first joke was more like clever. Where I don't really know what the joke of the second one is, but I like it. Oh, like www.cannoli.com. That's funny. Any others? That was it. Okay, I liked both of those jokes. I hope we answered your question. (laughs) What is the best sandwich? This question comes from at Trace Suaver. What is the best sandwich and why is it grilled cheese? Why is grilled cheese the best sandwich? It's not. It has dairy, you friggin' Dumbo. Sorry, I'm sorry. Dang, was that to Trace? <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, I'm just jealous, okay? I can't eat cheese. Also, I had a traumatic cheese experience today. You did. Your feelings are hurt. There's yeah. non-dairy cheese, though. I have grilled cheese all the time. Yeah. Oh, didn't like that. No, you're right. Have you ever had a non-dairy cheese that you've enjoyed? Uh, all the time. What, a, a, a I restaurant think that I need frequent. to make you a grilled cheese. Dude, that would be awesome. Leah's listening to this and she just rolled her eyes. <laughs> That'll be the day. Wait, why? Because she doesn't want me to come over? No, me making a good grilled cheese. <laughs> That's not true. We've made good grilled cheeses together. Mm. What is the meanest thing either of you have ever... Oh, this comes from at Ian slash crossout slash underscore Garwood. Mm-hmm. What's the meanest thing either of you have ever done? Dang. I'd like to say this, glass half full. (laughs) I haven't done it yet. It's what I'm about to do right now. Hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, where'd you get your um, face? The, uh, 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 um, at a place where you, uh, uh, it's not like the primary, um, a job of that retailer just stock faces and so it was a hastily you know it was like an order it's like if you ordered pants at a pizza hut and I will say knowing you song closely for the last year that is the meanest thing he's ever said <laughs> last question okay. this is more of a request can we hear and this comes from at ando Pottle. Can we hear Yusong play some violin on the pod? And does he know any fiddle tunes? Oh, no. Um, I'm not good at violin. 
Sorry. Hey everyone, it's me, Kevin. You know me, I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. That'd be kind of funny if you didn't. That'd be kind of scary, actually. Whatever. Um, so, Yusong's not here. I'm just recording this by myself. I got kind of jealous of those questions that you guys asked, so I asked for some questions privately that I'm going to answer. I feel like this could be like a strength for me. Like, what if people came to me and was like, I have a question. And then I gave an answer and they were like, that's actually the correct answer. I'm kind of like the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Regis? There was a couple, right? There was Regis and someone else. What was the one, the weakest link? You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Do you remember that? Anyway, I'm just looping you songs, piano stuff. So... This one is for David. Thanks for sending this. I would say no. Army brat is not a derogatory term. But honestly, I don't know, David. Um, my parents were never in the army. If it bothers you, kindly ask your friends not to call you that. <laughs> this is for Leslie. Believe it or not, I actually have nightmares about snakes, too. I often jolt awake right before it bites me. I do not have any suggestions for you other than stop watching documentaries about snakes when you're falling asleep. And this one is for Ron. You're right. Death, unfortunately, is inevitable. But know what you're going through is, to me, the hardest part of the healing process. Accepting that he's gone. Coming to terms with a permanent absence will shake you to your core. And just when you feel like things are getting better, you'll see something so mundane. A pillow, an old notebook, a faded pair of jeans. That will remind you of him. And you'll just completely break down. I'm sorry. It's as if you're starting all over again. But even though that relationship was complicated, it sounds like you shared a lot of nice memories together too. So when things get tough, when the lows feel like they couldn't get any lower and they somehow do, try to remember those nice moments. Believe me, it helps a lot. But at the same time, I've never had a goldfish, so I could be completely wrong here. Best of luck. Hey, Kevin. Hi. Hey, you're not answering questions about death in here without me, right? Because you know that would really hurt no, me. No, no, no. I would never. What's on your phone right now? Um, this is a picture of me. Do you like it? everyone um really quickly kevin's gone right now um he says he has to uh, do something at earwolf <laughs> earwolf more like um uh, what, what was it one of the wolves that um nursed the two children that funded rome like it can't be that because that wolf is busy 
Anyway, so I wanted to take this time to read a short story. It's called Handcuffed to Emily Dickinson, and it's from the perspective of a high schooler who has to write an essay about Emily Dickinson. Fine, here's your essay on Emily Dickinson. She was a good poet. She was born sometime in the 1800s, or maybe the 1900s. I'm not sure. I've looked up several articles about her on my own free will, and not because you, Mr. Larner, and our librarian double-threatened us with a bad cop, bad cop routine by sticking 50% of this grade on the citations we used. Thank you, by the way. Emily Dickinson ate breakfast every morning. You know what the worst part about all of this is? I actually like Emily Dickinson. Turns out she's a great poet because of how she uses lines. You know, these things, dashes, since it keeps the text moving. It's like when you're talking to a friend and you're ranting about something, but you haven't gotten to the worst detail yet. So when you do, wham, you grab them by the arm and you drive the nail into the coffin. You tell them that even though Janine keeps bringing me up when she's talking to Hanul in a sick psychological power grab because she knows I like him and she's trying to establish dominance, it's that it doesn't even matter because Hanul is too oblivious to see this power move happening, which makes me not even like him as much, and now I've wasted three years of my life. That's why she's a good poet. Here's the version that I think you want to hear. Emily Dickinson's bold use of syntax allows her to connect ideas at a fast and oh my god, I'm so bored. Her syntax lets her pivot between ideas quickly or leave things open-ended or change the way you read her poems. It's great. She popularized this technique in an otherwise stale world of poetry. Why are we pretending to be people we're not? What, are we drinking scotch and twirling our mustaches and saying, oh yes, quite, until one of us turns to dust? I am 16. You are, look, I don't want to be rude, you are a person who likes the Beatles. I am not an academic. I am not a scholar. And I would like to remind you that this rubric is going to judge me based on my mastery of formal language. And 30 minutes later, I will be in the gymnasium and will be judged on how enthusiastically I throw and catch dodgeballs. The system is arbitrary. Taco Tuesday exists. Nothing is real. There was one day where we almost understood each other. It was when we were supposed to be doing research, but everyone was on their phones. You pulled me aside and gave me back my last essay and said, this was too informal. And then everyone stopped talking because they wanted to hear what was going on. I asked you why I had to write formally in the first place, and you replied that it's because we were writing for an academic audience. I replied that I didn't want an academic audience, and then you dodged that question and said that this was the style everyone wrote in for college. Then Janine added that formal writing often helps us organize our own thoughts in a preset structure, and then you thanked her. Do you remember that day when I lost all hope in humanity? I do not want to write for academics. No, every academic essay I've ever read is the exact same thing. The writer will take a normal word, like space, and then capitalize it, redefine it, and suddenly you have your essay. What is space in the context of Emily Dickinson? Is it simply the space she places physically between her lines, the starting and stopping leaving the true meanings of her poems to be derived in the pauses? Or rather, is space the physical room in which you read her poems? I will define space as the absence of matter, and I will define matter as the poetic substance which relates the writer to the reader. Then you compare matter to life and space to death, write 30 more pages, and read this in a conference where all the professors in the room with oversized suits will react with solemn and understanding mmms. And to put it into your terms, these are the same mmms that once collected will form the palettes and scaffolding of an altar that holds the words tenure bound in beautiful apathetic glory. I want to write for my friends. For me. For people who enjoy reading whatever it is I'm writing about. Pretending to be someone I'm not was what we were warned about in our start-of-year assembly. And trust me, I loved sitting in the same direction as 400 other kids as we all watched our principal pop out of a giant bobcat mascot and lecture us about authenticity. I'm staring at this rubric right now, and there's a lot that I'm missing. Specifically, there's a lot of quoting I haven't done, so I'm going to get that out of the way here. Poetry, in a large sense, is, quote, descriptive. Carruthers 233. 
In other terms, which can also be described as paraphrasing, poetry is not as structured as novels. A short inline quote that illustrates this point from the poem, Because I Could Not Stop for Death, is, quote, For only gossamer, my gown, end quote. Whereas a longer block quote illustrating this point, excuse me, highlighting this idea can be found here. We slowly drove, he knew no haste, and I had put away my labor and my leisure too for his civility. Additionally, her transitions are quite interesting. Furthermore, these transitions are sometimes non sequiturs. However, this does not mean that her transitions are disjointed. Now that that's out of the way, I want to tell you genuinely why I like her rhyme scheme. Away does not rhyme with civility. Not unless you try really hard and say civility like you're a SoundCloud rapper. But the reason why this is effective is because it makes you re-examine things. If you're riding with death in a carriage, things are not normal. It should make you viscerally uncomfortable every time you hit what's supposed to be a rhyme, and instead you're left with something different and something unsettling. For example, let's say you're hanging out at the mall and suddenly you see Janine put her hand on Hanuel's leg. This is wildly upsetting, one, because clearly there's no right or wrong in this world, and two, because I can't help but care and keep my eyes glued to the situation. Now, if you write a poem about this encounter, there's no way you can rhyme leg with egg, okay? Here is the perfect opportunity to rhyme leg with bag, as in, I'm gonna shove Janine into a garbage bag, but I'm also upset in my own rage, I'm gonna shove myself into a garbage bag. I know this essay's a little all over the place. It has certainly occurred to me that yes, it could benefit from some sort of structure, but, and I know I run the risk of exaggerating. Don't you feel more alive? Doesn't this feel more real? Like we're actually talking with one another? I think that if Emily Dickinson read this essay, I think she'd like it. Not on the first read, though. I think at first she'd be scandalized by the language, and we have to hang out a few times before she really got it. In one of her letters, she wrote, quote, It seems as if death, which we also dread because it launches us upon an unknown world, would be a relief to sow an endless state of an existence. Dude, same. High school is miserable. Writing helps in those short moments because we have control over what gets put down on the page. And then she and I would talk, comfortably and casually until we understood each other. She was born in 1830. Please let me pass. I calculated it last night and I need at least an 80 for an A. Yeah? Hey, it's Kevin. Oh, um, hey. I was doing some work stuff. Uh-huh. Cool that I knock when I enter Ye for a recording. No, thank you. Yeah, we established that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just like to make like an audio disturbance before entering a recording room. For, for sure. Hey, you're not doing one of those like uh, short stories where you like spend a lot of time crafting something and making it sound really good for our podcast, are you? Oh, no, you, I, I'm just stretching. Uh, uh. You stretch so interesting. <laughs> we fucking did it. Well, well, well. We meet again. The end of the episode. Thank you um, to everyone who's listening. And to everyone who's not... Living rent free in your head, brah. We live in rent free, brah. <laughs> and our landlords are angry. Knock, knock. We a new roommate. Uh, and we need a new oven. Hatcha. <laughs> We're a needy roommate. We're eating all the chips. It's uh, who are we? Rapper Clingy? Ooh. Ooh. I'm a little Clingy with my chips. <laughs> I don't do the dishes, but I'll use all of them. <laughs> Um, Kevin, do you have any lessons learned? I do. If I ask on a previous episode for any recommendations about global warming books, <laughs> and you're kind enough to DM me something, I might have accidentally deleted it. I might have spent a period of a flight 
looking for it and then getting mad at myself and then getting mad at the person next to me for opening their blinds and it's painfully sunny. Was that person Pull Off Tompkins? It was Pull Off Tompkins. And I said, why don't you pull that blind back up, friend? He said, don't talk to me. Classic, Paul. Classic. Um, If you're holding a coffee and you're feeling really good about the day, maybe be a little more careful with that coffee because you will spill it onto the floor and then have to buy another one. That sucks. Yeah. Did, well, you, did you preface it with like, hey, I spilled that. I dropped it. Did they care? Or did no, you just buy it? I just left afterwards and then I went to a different store to get it. I was oh. so embarrassed. You should try that because I've seen that work for people. Yeah. I just dropped it. I'm so sorry. But I was like with a friend and I think she's going to listen to this. Um, and I didn't want to go back inside because then she would see that oh, I dropped Oh, she would have my... been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah, now she's going to hear this and it's worse. Yeah. That it is worse. <laughs> one of the kindest things you can do for a roommate, a partner, a loved one, someone you live with specifically, it would be frightening if you didn't, charge their devices overnight if you notice that their device isn't being charged. Wow. Kevin, you... Do you hang out with some irresponsible people? No, I hang out with tired people. Um, do you have a, uh, here's my next lesson learned. I don't, I don't mean to freaking bulldoze the lesson learned segment because learning is not a competition. Also, I don't think you're bulldozing. We're literally alternating. <laughs> I've just did two though. I just did one too. Go ahead. Okay. Um, despite how good a vulture review might be, maybe try to work on your self-esteem so it doesn't it didn't feel like all light was drained for your world and then that was the only thing that you had for a day <laughs> uh, moving on <laughs> if you recently invested in heavy duty blinds but then notice when you walk outside it hurts your eyes because it's so bright yeah maybe the blinds were too strong <laughs> Kevin you've got a lot of anti-sun I know lessons this week Hey, keep my son out of this. If you ask a question on the show Twitter feed and then you retweet it with the caption, hey, you sung, how did you get so cool and confident and handsome? And then people end up asking that, which is what I would do in that situation. Um, you only have to blame yourself. Yeah, and we never even answered that. Yeah, I was born with it, baby. Go home. Go home. You want to hear something? Is this to me or is this to the listener? Uh, the, the, the listener. Okay, it's technically both. Um, That's true. Secret ending time. Secret ending, secret ending, secret ending. Um, thank you to everyone who's supporting us on Anchor.fm. It really means a lot. Hey, those of you who are giving us the money, <laughs> thanks. We notice. That's why we're bringing it up. Kevin, your your art of subtlety and the marketing is <laughs> truly remarkable. I am so sneaky. Um, but seriously, thank you. Jelly Fang. Thank you. That was very nice of you. And my lover, <laughs> Jelly Fang. We already said Jelly Fang. Uh, Leah, you don't have to do oh, it. We live together. Thank you. I appreciate it, though. Yeah. Bye. Bye.